You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and here with me this evening, though just off camera for the moment, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, um, it's it's good to be here. Um, I, I've i done plenty of shows from over here, so like, we, you know, we, we've been doing this long enough that I've kind of sat in lots of different places, and including when we do... Uh, the other show, sometimes we even sit over here That's right, facing yeah. the TV. If any of you have ever watched the Joe Mays and J-Raff show, we've done a show where Justin and I move chairs all the time as we play through uh, NCAA football on Xbox 360. <laughs> yes. Hey, in less than a year, we can say we are playing a new college football game. So Xbox 360 probably came out before almost all the players on the team were born. Quite possibly, yes. I'm yeah. pretty sure it came out in what, like, Oh five or yeah so yeah really <laughs> pushing close. it we're really pushing close. it yeah so um, no Justin is not on screen because my camera is not working at the moment so I'll see if I can get that camera working but Justin is here and we are here to talk about the Wilson football team and their week four victory against the Reading Red Knights so Justin it was a a good Friday for us we also had a good Saturday as Penn State fans yes and you had a heck of a Sunday <laughs> I did I had a good Sunday as a Miami Dolphins fan. Uh, apologies to all you Ravens fans out there, but I am. You, you uh, say you're sorry, but I don't think you really. Are. I'm not. I'm just trying to be courteous. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Ravens fan, so this one feels really good. I'm uh, sorry uh, if my joy upsets yeah, you. I'm sorry. Yes, if my if my joy is offensive to you, I apologize for that. Um, you know, I'm sorry to uh, your your mom. Oh gosh, <laughs> big, big Ravens fan, but yeah, so. A great football weekend for me. Two weeks in a row. We got a, I got a win on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, yeah, great, great start. I got to actually go watch some future Bulldogs in action today as I went to the Lincoln Park Mifflin uh, games over on the, the Southern Football Stadium. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I only got to stay through the Mighty Mites game to, to the end, so I know they uh, they dropped the hammer on the, on the Broncos. It was thirty five nothing. Oh so, man! All right, uh, looking good for the, the the littlest Bulldogs out there, um, and we'll be seeing them in about you know hey seven eight years from now. Those will be the kids that we're talking about on the Bulldog Hour. That's so, crazy. all right. Uh, yeah. Besides the Reading game, which we will uh, recap here, like we always do, we will also be previewing this next game. Believe it or not, game five against Cedar Crest. So Working Falcons, down that middle column. Falcons coming to Gursky this coming Friday night. Uh, and we're just well, let's get into the housekeeping right here now because I was about to say you know, there's a bit of a schedule change for us here. Um, but let's just go through everything. So we do want to Thank our presenting sponsor, Bill Mays and Mays Sandwich Up, my dad and the family business always helping us out here, and we greatly appreciate that. And a whole slew of Season 8 sponsors for us. In addition to Mays Sandwich Shop, we also got Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com, which you said something or tweeted something about it, just how that journalism outlet has exceeded what was being offered even of late right. from like, the local like, newspaper. Like I sent it to you, and I, I mean this, like, not in a negative way, but just, like, how I remember, like, and I again, I mean, at its best, local papers, like, being able to cover, like, they still were, they might have a write-up on each game, you know, but, like, in terms of the, the reporters who are writing the articles every week, like, you know, they obviously only have, they, they still had like a handful of them, you know, so they could cover a handful of games like in that way. Um, but yeah, Mike had somebody at every Burks team game this weekend, I, I believe like 15 or something, whatever, whatever it is. I, I forget exactly, but like it was, uh, yeah, he, he had a lot and I was like, that it's not like just meeting what, we used to, or what I think I remember as the coverage, 
but it's actually like probably exceeding a little bit. Yeah, um, it's, which is which is awesome. Great yeah. for him. So, and it's only like I think it's like five dollars a month. So, if you're into scholastic sports, especially football right now, yeah, basketball it's in the probably winter, probably less than the cost of two newspapers, which you would have to probably buy because you'd probably buy the Saturday one, thinking it would be in there, and it's probably and not. It's in not. Until it's Sunday. it's in on Sunday. Yeah. Right. So, thank you so much to to Mike and the team at MikeDragoSports.com, the Hop family. Andy Her and our six anonymous donors very much appreciate that support from all of you. It really, really is appreciated with everything that uh, you do to help us here at the Bulldog Hour. In addition to sponsorships and advertising or those in-kind donations, please do remember to visit BulldogHour.com for a lot of announcements and information on the program. I put up streaming information. I, I try to get that out on all the social media sites and also the history. I've been fleshing out the history this past week. I worked on the Wilson Redding series history, uh, you know, nearly 30 games. I'm, I'm having struggling finding what was supposed to be game 29. Um, the stats book has Wilson before Friday night, 24 to five lead over red, the red Knights, but I only found 28 and, and Mike Drago had it at 23 and five. So, there's a phantom game out there somewhere that the stats book says exists that we have not been able to track down. So I'm working on that and we'll see if that happens. But you can see the other 28 write-ups on there. So I have a, a lot of information on the website. So please do check that out. And like I said, we are very active on social media, putting up information, pictures, what have you. Uh, and if you do see that, um, please follow Justin's rules. Yeah, like and share. Yeah, spread the news. Um, let us know you, you, you like something we talked about or things like that so uh, we can make sure to get more of that out there for you. And the the biggest announcements from us tonight is that our show next week will be a day earlier. Uh, it will be me on Saturday the 24th at 8.30 instead of Sunday the 25th. We're going to do it a day ahead of time, but because we have to do it a day ahead of time, uh, Justin won't be with me, but he'll be with a Wilson clan. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll be... Uh... Have have a class reunion, which I have, I have not been to one. So, um, what's what you like? Got that going on? Five year, ten year? Uh, something like that. You could add them together and still not there. <laughs> um, so yeah, have that, have that going on. Um, I yeah, yeah, getting old. Getting old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there'll be a show next weekend. It will be on Saturday, as I will be unavailable on Sunday. Um, but I am I am actively looking for a co-host, so I got to reach out to some people and want to do this because it's much more fun to do this show with someone to um, lobby ideas and discussion. Uh, so if anyone wants to volunteer, you know how to contact me. I am going to reach out to some people that I know that have been on this show before. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And you heard Justin mention center column. That's this this Wilson football schedule here for 2022. We are now into that center column as the one at the top the game we're going to talk about tonight at reading september 16th in the rearview mirror and right in front of us now september 23rd this friday back at gursky for the game against cedar crests and we will preview that game shortly but things are uh moving quickly this time of the year always goes by so so fast but let's uh let's dive in right now to our wilson reading game recap Justin and I are going to talk about it as the huddle highlights play. And there is a game recap this week from them. Very happy about that. Love when that is here to use. Uh, it says it's about two minutes long, too. So we should get some good stuff here. Hopefully they got all the big plays, which didn't happen in the first quarter, Justin. The game on Friday night oh. was a little bit in doubt as we started. When they got things kicked off those first 12 minutes. Well, I think I we were looking at each other thinking, what's going on? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and... If you're looking at any big plays, thankfully not scoring plays, but big plays mostly came from the Red Knights in the first quarter. Um, you know, they, they had a few times where uh, uh, Berdine rolled out and was able to get the ball uh, to the receivers deep. Um, and, yeah, it, I don't want to say scare, you know, because I was still confident, um, but it definitely was attention-grabbing. Like, let's say that, you know, and... Um, I was a little surprised, like I, I, maybe like right before the game, I was like, oh man, I kind of thought there'd be a little, a little bigger crowd, but honestly, as the first quarter went on, it really started to fill in there. There was a good crowd there. Um, 
Reading High was having their, I think it was Athletic Hall athletic of Fame. Athletic Hall of Fame, yeah. Um, and and so like there was there was a good turnout there, um, but yeah, that first quarter, man, and it was it was pretty interesting. Again, I was confident that Wilson would be able to get things rolling and and kind of go in there, but the things that concerned me or would would be room for, to give me concern were the things we saw early on. Reading has some guys who can make plays. And I think we mentioned it on the show last week. Like, oh, you've got Division One athletes. Um, maybe not in fo- I don't mean that they're not in football, but like, you know, Ruben Rodriguez is oh, committed yeah. for basketball, right. Division One. So, like, you've got somebody who's a Division One athlete who's also good at other sports. Shocking. You know, like, he, he you put him out there and he, he's just in an athletic level above – most of the kids, and that's going to be true in every game. Not just, I'm not saying anything about Wilson. Like that's true in every game. Uh, he's he's a great athlete, and so you 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 get that scenario, and some of those guys were able to make some plays early. Thankfully, Wilson was able to make enough plays to keep them off the scoreboard, right? And right. so you don't have, you didn't really dig yourself a hole. You just kind of didn't like dig them a hole either, you know, like it was just kind of, all right, well, first quarter's over and we're still even. Then Wilson was able to get things rolling. And, um, yeah. And in a, in a, in quickly in in a hurry. Yeah. It It got out of hand. So it was zero, zero at the end of the first, I believe. And then not too long into the second quarter, Wilson takes the lead and ended up scoring 35 points in the first right. or in the first half, which all came in the second quarter. Yeah. I, I think it all came in the second quarter. 35. Yeah. 35 yeah. in the second quarter, which yeah. I don't remember. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's probably happened before, but that's hard to do in a 12 minute quarter. Thir- like, and it would almost have to be in a first half. Cause I don't think running clock starts till second half. Even if you're at 35 before that, I'm not certain on that, but I think that's how it is. And so, you know, to do it in the second half would be really difficult unless you're also giving up quick points. Um, Now, some of that quick striking came from defense would get a stop and then Cam would just return the point for a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the first one, and I know I saw this multiple places, multiple articles wrote about it. I know – not spoiler alert. Doug talks about this later, but like the <laughs> man, he cam knows if he can get, if he can make a guy or two miss and then get to the blockers, like he, he needs to make a guy or two miss, get to the blockers, especially on those punts. Cause they were all the way to the left side of, you know, the way our guys are facing. Um, the wall was set up and guys made good blocks. Didn't have bad blocks as in like blocking a guy, illegally away from the play you know none of that stuff was happening and cam was able to make him pay yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up the uh the highlights again because um there, there's a lot to talk about there and they they could they capitalize by grabbing a lot of these good plays from friday night um and i still don't have your camera working so instead of looking at me let's look at the highlights again um which they're starting out here with cam's first touchdown run which you said was fantastic. You said the vantage point from up in the press box was amazing. And his oh, run, he yeah. just refused to go down. I mean, he was hit multiple times at the seven. And then at the five, he seemed stopped and then just turned and just kept his feet moving and got into the end zone. Uh, then the Bulldogs defense forced a fumble on Redding's next series on the Red Knights size, side of the field. And then um, one of the next plays was a, a pass from Tommy Hunsaker that was just an amazing pitch and catch from Hunsaker to, I believe it was Eddie Case. Yeah. Phenomenal catch. Yes. yes. Uh, and Bill Snook, the Redding photographer, right on he, top he tagged me in a picture and posted of the, the catch that Eddie made. Uh, it was just, just so well done. And Bill's a phenomenal photographer and he has a great album. And it was great that both of us were here and Willie because you got so many different angles right. you can see all the pictures you know me and willie hang out on the wilson side but bill was on the reading side he's focused more on reading we're focused more on wilson but we all t- just get game pictures and you go through the albums and you just see the entire game yeah it's really cool um but yeah you you mentioned cam's returns and what doug says in in our interview the punt returns happen for two reasons one cam's a dynamic athlete 
He has incredible vision when he gets the ball in his hands like that. But because he is so good at it and he's made it so fun, the kids like practicing it and they've gotten so good at setting up the wall for him that the coaching staff has told Cam, because a lot of times you say, if the ball's not near you, don't worry about it, it let it go. But they're like, if you can get your hands on it, go get it. Because they know he makes a guy miss and finds the wall, he's gone. Right, and we we saw it happen. Unfortunately, the huddle score is not correct, so we'll we'll move away from that. But we got to see the punt return for a touchdown. We got to see the block punt recovered for a touchdown. So I believe the block was by sophomore Christo Hunsicker, yes. and the recovery by senior Makai Cooper. Excellent job by them. Special teams yeah. once again helping the Bulldogs shift the momentum and get this victory Friday night. You know, you heard Justin say 35 points in the second quarter. Uh, on the sidelines, the, the the players were asking me, you know, when was the last time Wilson scored 35 points in a quarter? And off the top of my head, I flash back to, I believe it was Penn Manor 2015. I think we scored 35 in the first quarter against them. I think we at did. Gursky. I think we did. Because um, I think I had the same question for you after that game. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time that happened? Right. And at the time, I couldn't tell you. Um, but now that Bulldog Hour is being fleshed out, I do have a lot of box scores on there. So I could look through some of those, the bigger scoring games. H- have we scored more than 35 points in a quarter? That would be um, that would be outlandish. But I-, I can't say it didn't happen. I yeah. just know, I'm pretty sure in 2015, Wilson scored 35 points What's in the first that? quarter looking, against Penn We're looking Manor. at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And it, there, the thing is, you have to score defensively and special teams too you're not going to get five drop five touchdown drives no. in a quarter like no. that would be so difficult well, and to be to honest do. to have five scores if you also gave up four would right. not be ideal no you know, like, right, right like that would that also that quarter would take forever that would be the longest <laughs> quarter ever for a long time i thought the game friday night was going super fast and yeah. then the second quarter happened and things slowed down right really quickly. Right. Well, I mean, Redding's well, first drive was half the first. Yeah, quarter. they had almost six minutes. I think yeah. the ball the first six minutes. Yep. And like you said, it was. I, I was getting a little anxious in that first quarter watching the Redding offense move the way they were. Because Wilson was getting pressure. Yeah. It was. It, they just were connecting on passes and, and making people miss, and they drove down the field. They turned it over on downs. Wilson couldn't get anything going. Redding, you know, getting in the hands of their playmakers, and if. If he would have had more time, quarterback Amir Burdine would have had more time, he could have hit some open receivers, and that game could have started differently. Right, and then you just never know how it'll play out after that. I, I do think, you know, looking at the guys, the guys up front on defense seem to be aware of that, and so, like, they seem to not want to get beat by the run. Um, And they were doing a good job of that. But I also know, like... It seemed like in the second quarter, they really started playing, like, to use the cliche, downhill. And I know we usually talk about that on offense. But, like, a couple plays in particular stick out. But, like, I remember one where Nick Weitzel went through and just crushed the running back. And it looked like a read, or you know, zone read. And the running back didn't have the ball. But he threw him into the quarterback so hard that like the quarterback stumbles out and I think McMillan got the sack, you know, like, but like there was no like, Oh, we're going to like, we don't want to get burnt. Like he just, he almost wiped out two guys with one hit. And, you know, I think of the play where Eddie came up and made a big hit, you know, yeah. the guy was down for a little bit. So hopefully he was all right. But like, just f- we talk about flying to the ball and not just the first guy, but the other guys. And that really started to happen noticeably in the second, like, there was that blood in the water, and it just mm-hmm. that that was it. Yeah, and the, we'll we'll uh, piggyback on what Coach said about last week about the team was flying around, being aggressive, and being physical, and that continued yeah. on Friday night. Um, they had a little bit problems with maybe the speed and agility uh, initially of the quarterback yeah. and the receivers. Very good athletes, but once once the game tilted in Wilson's favor, the defense settled in and just made. Burdine, the running backs and receivers, very uncomfortable. You met, you mentioned the hit that Eddie Case put on their one receiver. It was, it was. I mean, it was clean. It was perfect. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I do hope he is okay because I know that he was, he was, uh, he was slow to get up after that play. Right. But the physicality of the Wilson defensive front, <laughs> like I wouldn't have gotten up. I just right leave me here. Yeah. 
the the physicality of the Wilson defensive front and the ability for them to hit the running backs almost immediately after getting the ball, forcing a bunch of um, fumbles and and turnovers, yeah. and pressuring uh, Burdeen all night, yeah. uh, forcing him to make throws on the run. It was a very, it was a very good job by the defense, who was just forty eight seconds away from back to back shutouts. Right. Uh, the Reading offense was able to score right near the end of the game, um, but it was it was that performance that led to the player of the game pick. Now, again, like statistically speaking, you can't ignore what Cam Jones did. He scored four touchdowns. He scored again. four touchdowns again. Which, last week we were like, he scored four touchdowns. Right. Last week now, the game. now this week it was two on offense and two on special teams. Right. It wasn't four on, on offense, but like he scored four touchdowns. Like Obviously, he's a player of the game. But it's not as interesting to talk about this. Everyone knows Cam. Everyone knows Cam. Everyone, like, I mean... Paul Roberts, like I tagged Paul because as soon as he returns a pump for a touchdown, I was like, "That's Paul's thing." He right, he's all right. about it. He I said, knew I knew Jeff Reinert was going to hop on it, and, the, and yeah. then Jeff jumped on it too. And just you know, those two guys, just you, everyone know, like Cam Jones scores a punt return touchdown. Yeah, right. It happens more often than not anymore. <laughs> you know, like I mean, he scored seven return touchdowns last year. He already has three punt return touchdowns this year. Yeah. It's still it's amazing because after last year, like no way is he going to have a chance. But that's what the execution from high school right. players. Well, and and this I think it was the second one. The second one, the kid tried to punt it out of bounds, and it's bouncing, and then it just like stops. Like it's not going to make it out of bounds. if Cam gets it before it goes out. Like I, that's what, and that's what we talked about. Yeah, and I think you know. um we were talking to my dad when we were walking in, and he's like, you think we've seen, like, the last of his returns? Like, and I, we we're like, no, because, like, the coach can say as much as they want. Right. We're not kicking to Don't camera. kick to number one. Don't kick to number one. Yeah, but when the punter's back there, who he had already bobbled one, you know, and gotten crushed for it. Um, and when you're back there and those guys are rushing at you, you're just thinking, I have to get this punt off. I know I can't kick it to him, but i got to get this punt <laughs> right. off. Um, and it, it doesn't always work out like it's supposed to. I feel like the only team that really executed it to a T was Central Dolphin. They have Which a very good punter. does not surprise And that me shouldn't at all. surprise you at all. I guess MLK was fine. He had done yeah. his damage on offense. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a, many, if any, opportunities to actually get, get his uh, and, hands on the ball for, in, this, on the special, in the special teams. But, I mean, Central Dolphin, you could tell they had a game plan for it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't know that MLK did. They just were able to do right. what they needed to do. Right. Um, I guess that's probably selling them short because obviously they talked about it right. if, if he didn't have the opportunity. Right. But you could see Redding had that plan, right. too. But the, the thing where it went downhill was the block. Yeah. Like, when you get so much pressure, now you're thinking – as soon as I get this ball, I have well, to take it. Well, and it was blocked at that spot on the field. It was a touchdown. So it was yeah. blocked for a touchdown. We scored three touchdowns off punts. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Just real quick to add on to that. I know at the show, we, we talked about this. We didn't know if um, Roman Catholic had said, oh, well. Yeah. Because well, we talked about it with Mike. He was mm-hmm. on the show. But then there was a follow-up to that that, no, they knew. They knew, yep. It he, was a mistake. He was telling them mm-hmm. not to, and they just didn't do it. And that's what we mean. Like, it's... I don't think from here on out there will be a a coach that doesn't say do not kick to him. It'd whether, be crazy not to whether or not the players execute it. Well, let's see what Cedar Crest does this week. Yeah, it'll be because he scored two or three right. against them last year. The guy who was filming for them last year said after the first one, he's like, "We talked all week." He said they talked all week about how not to kick to him. It's easier said than done because you have a high school well, kid. Back there to punt, well, being rushed, and they're high school kids, so they're not they're not booming generally in the air. They're not booming the ball 40, 50 yards in the air. Right. You might get a 40, 50 yard punt with a with roll. a roll, right? Or kid really boots one. That it can happen. It, random, but yep. like you're not getting NFL punts most of the time. So like you might get thirty yards. It essentially comes down to if you can flip the field by twenty yards out of bounds, just do that. Yeah. You're you're better off trotting your defense out there at the fifty than you are getting the ball in play that Cam can pick it up right. because 
No, you're not. Keep kicking. <laughs> He's got to regress to the mean, right? Wink, I would wink. like I would like them to <laughs> test that theory. Yes, I would like them to test that. So, anyways, long story short, Cam's not the official Bulldog Hour player of the game. He's always the unofficial Bulldog Hour player of the game because even the weeks that we don't give it to him, he earned it. But there are plenty of other players that are always stepping up, and we do want to make sure that we recognize them. And I feel like it was a good time to recognize a defender, especially someone who I think has improved so much over the first four weeks of the season. And uh, the person that is Bulldog Hour player of the game for this week is senior defensive lineman Isaiah Cassius. All right. So I thought he had a phenomenal yeah, he did. game Friday night. Really, really well done. He actually led the team in sacks, or excuse me, in in tackles, he had four and a half. Three of them solo. He chipped in three more assists. The big thing was he had three for loss um, and also broke up a pass. So he was just all over the field. Um, and his progression, yes. his improvement yes. from week one to week four, which is, it, I mean, night and day. Like He looks like a different player. And we've been preaching that about the team, you know, but that doesn't happen without the players doing, doing it. You know, like the team gets better each week because the players get better each week. And to see... Uh, Isaiah's like progression from week one through the Reading game is good. And it's also like, okay, that, that is awesome. And it's great. Where can you be in a month and a half? Think about where you could be in another month and a half, Mm -hmm. you know, where can you be by when we're at the end of column two, like in that schedule. And it's exciting to think about because it's not just him. Like he, he, we're obviously talking about him here, but if, if the guys continue to do that, that puts you in a good spot end of October. Uh, Landon Farrell also chipped in uh, four tackles, one and a half of those for, for a loss. Uh, MJ Elamine, um, when his time came up. Good to see him back in the uh, action too. He, yeah. he was able to fly around on special teams and in the second half on defense. Eddie Case, we already mentioned, he had three tackles as well and had that laid the hammer on that one hit. Nate Capitano, huge, huge interception to start the second half. Just yes. came up one yard Short from the interception return for a touchdown, and I immediately said <laughs> to yes, <laughs> right. He insists that he got the ball across, uh, and he very well may have, but the the referee wasn't down there, and he was clearly stepping out at the one. It's just where was the ball when he was stepping out? We don't know. You mean to tell me he was a little faster than the referee trying to get down just there? a tiny bit, yeah. a tiny bit. But see, someone else would have been a little faster, and that was his brother Ethan. <laughs> I said he would have scored, man. He would have scored. And Doug said it after the game in the huddle. He said your brother would have scored. everyone's having fun but yeah nate had another great night i think he has three interceptions this year and three interceptions in four games so um playmaker nathan capitano uh nick krakona three three tackles one for loss and he forced the fumble yeah so krakona another big game and mcmillan too from his linebacker spot he was flying around and hitting people uh he chipped in three tackles one of which uh was for lost as well. So uh, just a few of the defensive playmakers. Again, you know, the, the offense always is loaded up the stat book and getting recognition, but we want to make sure that those defensive players are recognized. So Isaiah Cassius, uh, he is our Bulldog Hour player of the game for for Reading. Uh, but let's, we'll, we'll, let's run over some of the uh, stats for the game before we move on to our Cedar Crest preview. Uh, honestly, fairly even. If you just yeah. look at the stats, offensively speaking, not not a huge difference. You know, if you presented these stats to me and you say, what was the score? feels a lot like the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like a scratch in my head. Um, Wilson had 10 first downs. Redding had nine. Uh, Wilson ended up with 116 yards rushing. Redding only had 35. I know there was a big thing. There was a, um, I, you know, I don't want to call it a bet, but, you no, know. No. What, a goal. A goal, yeah. Uh, the players wanted to hold Burdeen to negative yards net rushing. And... I think Coach Wolver said that that would be tough to do. So basically saying you're not going to hold him to negative. What did he end up having? Zero. Zero. So it was a push. And, <laughs> neither t- and, neither side won that and one. And his last play was a two-yard touchdown. And his, yes, and he got it on the, the, the last rush of the night uh, when he ran for two yards for a touchdown. So he got back to zero net rushing yards and scored the touchdown on the final offensive play for the Red Knights. Uh, Passing-wise, Redding put up 139 yards. Uh, now, Amir was 11 of 28. And I'd be had interested the one interception. how much of that came in the first half. Like, I yeah, feel like, the breakdown. I feel like probably at least two-thirds of that came in the – or not the first half, sorry, the, the first quarter. first quarter, yeah. I feel like they, at least two-thirds of that came in the first quarter. Yeah, had a couple big pass plays early on. Now, their total offense, Wilson 191, Redding 174. I mean, 17 yards difference, that's it. Right. But the score was 48 to 6. Right, and that, that just – 
exemplifies how important the special teams aspect was. Redding nearly doubled up the number of offensive plays. Yeah. Redding had 53. Wilson's offense only ran 28 plays. Yeah. But you think again, like there were three times where we were going to get the ball back. That's it, a minimum of three possessions. Well, not minimum. It would be three possessions there where we didn't get the run on any offensive plays because we scored and then gave them the ball right back. So we mentioned that Amir ended up with um, zero net rushing yards, which is crazy stat um, just because of how how well the defense oh, was goodness, able to yeah. uh, flush him around the pocket all night. But this is even crazier. So Redding punted five times for 127 yards, but their net yards per punt was minus 1.2. Oh so they God. actually technically lost yards every time they punted because of the returns and the blocks. Right. And and <laughs> the block, the way it was shaping up, that might have been like scooped and scored from wherever that right. was blocked because it was all Wilson guys in there. But they were, the guy, he was like punting from fairly close to the end zone. So like it wasn't, <laughs> it, they didn't lose as many yards on that as they did on the returns. Redding nearly doubled up Wilson in possession time. Obviously, if they nearly double him up in play time, Wilson had the ball for 17-42, Redding for 30-18. And the biggest discrepancy ended up being the fourth quarter where Redding had it for 10 minutes and 54 seconds. But in, in the first quarter, Redding had it for 8 minutes and 45 seconds. So, um, yeah, huge, huge change. So Wilson offense on the field in the second quarter for 428, but the team put up 35 points in four minutes and 28 of possession time. It's averaging more than seven points a minute. <laughs> All good things. All yeah. good things, my man. Wilson was four for four in the red zone, capitalized when, when they had the ability to do so. Um, yeah, so all, all around good um it was nice to see cleveland back for a bit yep uh got his rushing touchdown cam had the two rushing touchdowns on the ground didn't have to have a lot of uh, a lot of passing in the game only no. six attempts all night uh tommy connected on two adam woods connected on two woods got the touchdown uh he made a nice throw uh i believe to cleveland in a little uh running back uh yep. uh flare into the flat and uh cleveland did the rest so, yeah, I mean, other than the slow start, I don't know what else you can kind of right. like nitpick about. Right, no. Second, yeah. third, and fourth quarter is pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. And I I don't – I didn't get the sense that it was like overlooking an opponent thing. I think it was just – I think Reading was it's super unf- motivated. It's a, it was super motivated, It was, and it's an unfamiliar opponent. Uh, Cam talked about it in last week's interview about how like it's really weird because the – a lot of the team members are very familiar with each other, but no way in the football context, you know, it's all from the basketball context. Mm-hmm. So to have that translate over onto the football field, was just a little different. And, but once Wilson got going and that's why I, I was confident they would, uh, once they got going, they, things went well. Yeah, really well. Um, when anytime you put up nearly 50 points and hold an opponent to one touchdown, right. Like, well, and, really and like you know what? Sometimes you need you need something other than the offense to give a big spark. You know, to get things going, and special teams is able to step up and do it again. And that's yeah, in a big hey. big way. Yep. So yeah, congratulations to the program on the victory Friday night at Reading. First game against Reading since 2013. First game at Albright since 2012. Man, I I, I know it's not always ideal. Like parking is is a different situation and all that stuff, but. I, I really like going in there. It it was a great vantage point from up where the, the camera it, was set a, up. It's a very nice venue. The very press good. box looked really nice. I, I didn't really have a lot of interaction other than walking into the steps. Beautiful but, night for weather-wise, yeah, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It, really nice. Good experience. I mean, the only thing, the only critique I have, and the only thing that I was disappointed is no stream. Yeah. It, it's a bummer for the, the people that are unable to make the game for whatever reason, right. especially those that don't live in the state, right. you know, we get people from, honestly, if we ever put up like a map on or ask people when they're watching a stream, you would get probably close to, I'd say, 20 different states tuning in. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I can just rattle a few off because I know Bulldogs fans that comment on my posts all the time that live in Arizona, Florida, the Carolinas, yep. um, basically all up and down the East Coast. And and Mid Atlantic, you can find someone that say they'll, they're checking in from here, so you could easily probably get close to 20, 20 of the states 
watching uh, a Bulldogs football live stream and uh, it was not offered on Friday night. Uh, I did try I, I, when I found out for sure that neither Reading nor Albright, the hosts, were going to be doing any stream. Um, we worked with the athletic department to reach out to see if we could get permission to do so. You know, just just getting my buddy Justin Burke to run up and down the sideline with my iPad that I can send it out to, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, so that anyone can tune in without an account and not have to worry about it. Yeah, it's, you know, we have to rely on the cell service and it's not like when Wilson Media Productions does it from Gursky, but it's something, you know, at least you could right. get to see the game. But they they, they said no. Um, no real reason was given, and it's disappointing, but we have to respect their decision because it is their decision as as the host school. So um, hopefully that'll change in the future. But we don't have to worry about it this week because we're back at Gursky. But before we talk about Cedar Crest, let's hear from Coach Doms. Justin and I interviewed him following the game Friday night against Reading. So a couple, couple minutes here with Coach Doms. All right, we're joined post game now with Wilson head coach Doug Doms. Bulldogs coming off a 48 to 6 victory over the Red Knights, just less than a minute away from back to back shutouts, coach. So very close, but what did you think about your defense tonight and how they flew around the field uh, after a little bit of a sluggish start in the first quarter, both offense and defense? Well, I think defensively, we, you know, it's hard to practice against that kind of speed. And we had to adjust. You know, I mean, uh, Rodriguez beat us deep on that one, and uh, I thought we did a really nice job containing Verdeen, you know, but we had to account for Rodriguez. He's a good athlete. Yeah. You know, once we started to, uh, once, once we made the adjustment and they started rolling that kind of speed, we're all right. And the defensive front put a lot of pressure on Verdeen. I mean, they, they did a pretty good job containing him. Again, started out, they were a little bit afraid to go hard, you know, just because of his running ability. They were... They'd get through and then they'd be tentative and say, hey, Jason, make him run for his life. So, you know, they adjusted well. They adjusted very well. And uh, Redding actually threw for 139 yards. And, and stats-wise, total offense, fairly even. 191 for Wilson, 174 for Redding. But it really, in the end, uh, special teams helped kickstart the game here in the second quarter. Uh, what is there left to say about Cam Jones? Well, what everybody forgets, I mean, he's pretty terrific at making people missed. And what they forget is if you look and the kids buy in. Perfect blocking wall, setup. Yep. I mean, he knows when he gets the ball, if Find he can the get wall. to the wall, you know, he has to make one or two guys miss and then it's off to the races. And they, they did a really nice job because a lot of times in those long ones, kids make stupid blocks and things like that. And, you know, he did a nice, they, they all did a really nice job. You know, blocking getting in people's lanes the whole that goes to the whole special team what was your message to the team this week leading up to this game had been a decade almost since we played reading been a decade since we've been here uh what were you telling them this week leading up to wilson reading talked a lot about the history of the game how vicious the games used to be you know knock them down drag them out type things and i said you know now reading's back in the league after I don't know, 12-year hiatus, 13-year hiatus. And I said, uh, we don't want them on par with us. We want to make sure they understand that, you know, they're the newcomer and we're still the top dog. So go out and make a stand. And uh, as I said, we started a little sluggish, took some special teams to get his kick started. But you know, we got better. That's yep. all you can ask. Once it happened, an explosion in the second quarter, 35 points. Uh, going to halftime with that big lead, um, absolutely excellent execution all around in that second quarter. Not a lot of uh, passes needed to be thrown tonight. Was focusing on the run game what you hope to uh, set up tonight, or well, is it just the way the game unfolded? You know, I mean, they put Rodriguez on, on Cam when he was wide out, so that's a pretty good matchup from speed, to speed on speed or athlete on athlete. Uh, actually, you know, they, they matched up man-to-man -man and, played free safety over the top and just said, okay, see if you can run the ball. So, you know, we like to mix it up, but we probably should have run more in the beginning because we were very successful. And, uh, you know, you, you st you're still you're dealing with young quarterbacks, and they got to learn, you know, where the ball has to go when you're playing man-to-man. -man. You, you don't get big windows. You know, and he made – he threw some nice – Tommy threw some nice balls, but early on he was struggling. You know, but – that's that's all the learning curve that comes with uh, it's been one day. So we're getting there. Yeah. 
All right, Coach, now four games in, but got off on the right foot in the league. 1-0 in the league. Back at Gursky next week for Cedar Crest, and we hope we get to talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully. <laughs> thanks. All right, so thanks to Coach Doms for joining us after the game against Reading. And uh, always happy when we have these post-game interviews and uh, always happy when they, they work. For a second, I thought it wasn't, you know, we, three wins. We've had interviews after each three. After game, win one and win two, technical issues. Listen here to Coach Dom's talk, and you're telling me that something's not right. I was just like, I'm, I'm hearing like, something, I'm hearing else something out. And I listen, I'm like, you're hearing Susie. <laughs> Standing next to Doug while we're interviewing him. Don't worry. It was just Susie. It's fine. It's fine. It's, there's no technical issues. We're good. Which isn't a surprise to anybody. Like, so <laughs> um, so uh, last thing I want to say about Reading has nothing to do about the, the game. But um, I mentioned earlier, um, Bill Snook took pictures from the yes. Reading side. Willie and I taking it from the Wilson side. Um, again, phenomenal albums that these guys put out there. Go check them out. Um I got a message today for someone thanking me oh, okay. for taking awesome. pictures. You gonna guess who it was? I don't know. It was Amir Birdie. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's awesome. He said, uh, you know, about uh, I think alluding to to Bill, Bill and right, me, right? Yeah, because uh, because I posted them on Twitter and you can see them. And he said, uh, he just said, that's thanks awesome. for thanks for coming think, to the game. I think he got to go visit uh, up at Army. Yesterday? Oh, did he? I think I saw oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's really cool. cool. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, so um, I try to remind myself, especially the last two years, that like I'm there for Wilson, the Wilson players, and, and the parents, you know, right. so they can have Which these is, pictures. It's easy to get in that mindset because well, like that's who we know. Right, and especially in a game that's like expected to be a good game or a close game or maybe even Wilson's not supposed to win, Like I'm taking these pictures and I'm – providing them to Mike for his site. Right. I can't just be focused on the good Wilson. Right. Like right. if the other team is doing something good right. and that needs to be in the story, I need to have a picture from it. So like last night or Friday night, I was like, all right, get some pictures of the Redding stuff, especially in the first quarter. I was like, right. this, this dude is slinging it everywhere. Right. I got to get some, I got, and I got some good pictures of him and I got his touchdown at the end. So I think he was able to find those in my album. So, um, yeah, I always remind myself, you're there for the entire game. It can be 90% Wilson, but make sure there's 10% of the other team and the, their, their good plays because I need it for the, for the game stories. I, I, I'm here for that too. So, um, But yeah, so it's awesome to hear from our players, p- parents, and fans, but then like on the other team. I, I'm not sure if Amir's the first. He may be, but there may have been someone else that was like, thanks for the pictures. That's awesome. Um, Actually, I think it might have been from MLK well, last year. And so. so just another aspect with with the guys they have, like I I'm telling you, I think they're gonna win a couple more games this year. Yeah. I don't, if they stay I, healthy. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, you know, and I'm certainly not gonna be like go on record and be like, I think they're gonna be like, that would <laughs> you be know, a, that would be a terrible idea. Since I'm Mr. Perfect. Oh, I could uh, <laughs> maybe make some predictions. Yes. Um, yes. Ignore first two weeks. <laughs> ignore the first two weeks. The last two weeks, I'm 26 and three, so I'm feeling pretty good. 13 and 0 this week in Mike's Mike Drago's Fearless Friday forecast. Uh, thank you, Connor Weiser and Coach Moyer. Going for, Going two, for two, saved you. Uh, getting it and winning and beating Elko. Uh, I needed that for the perfect week, but no, I'm right there with you. I don't want to say Reading is going to beat and name a team, right? but they have the potential oh, to absolutely. make noise in the LL. Absolutely. And and I said this to Amir, I said, Coach Troy is going to build a foundation with you guys that is going to pay dividends in the years to come. Yes. Because we've said, like, Hemphill was forever in LL1, Sleeping yep. Giant. Now that Redding is in here, you get the right staff in there. Yep. And we've said, and we've heard the co- our coaches say right. that, that Troy is the guy. Yeah. Like, you're gonna make some noise, like do it and do it this year. Surprise someone. Yeah, win a game that no one thinks you're. They already did it. They beat Red Lion. No one thought they were gonna beat Red <laughs> right, Lion, and right. they did it. Now do it in the LL because they're they're gonna be able to hang with McCaskey. Yeah, I, honestly, I would say they probably should beat McCaskey. Yeah, you know, and Penn Manor, Cedar Crest. Let's see Redding steal some of those games. Like it would be so good for not just Burke's football, but a welcome back to the LL. Yeah, and having a, a well, and program like Redding that be accomplished. Getting some of that success just helps Coach Troy and the guys in there keep keep getting guys to buy in. You get guys to buy in, and man, yeah, 
it, it could could be fun. Oh um, yeah, a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm now I'm scrambling. I'm looking for my uh, my stat sheet on. No, uh, sorry. I think I laid it. Well, yeah, and we we've mentioned this, and we pretty much come back to it weekly because that's what we do back in my day. But like, <laughs> Coach Troy knows he knows what that what that huge Reading yeah, Wilson four-year front row was. seat, right? So he he knows what it's going to take. Um, played under probably the most successful coach at Reading, you know, for football there. So he he knows he knows what he's doing and. It it appears from the outside, it appears he's got things uh, moving in the going right in the right direction. Yeah, and they do have a young team now. I know that they're big time playmakers, right. Berdine and Rodriguez. Um, is, is Riverdale a junior? He's no, he. I think he's is a, he a senior, senior now. Year. Okay, I, 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 I just think so. Remember, he was a freshman phenom at Muhlenberg, and then the last see, right. last two years. Yeah, I guess this would be year three at Reading, huh? I think so. Okay, so yeah, he probably he is a senior then. Um, I know their big names right now are seniors, but a lot, and I think it was a lot of alignment. I think they're sophomores. Oh my gosh! And so big boys, and and he was talking up all like preseason, leading up to the game, saying how we've got big. Guys, big linemen, they're going to play a lot, and it's going to be rough at the onset as they, you know, learn the system and get up to football speed and get the mechanics and the technique and the fundamentals. But you have three years with them, then, right? And guess what? When you get them going, it's going to help you develop all those other guys that you are losing. Right? You know, like you're losing your quarterback, you're losing a stud wide receiver, but having linemen return certainly helps. Huge, yeah, huge for them. So definitely, I mean. Pay attention to Reading this year. See what they do because you know, like we said about Hemfield, now in year three, on, yeah. on, on with Coach Ager, think about year three, what it's going to be like at, at Reading because there's a potential. There's potential there, yep, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But all right, let's take a look at Cedar Crest now. Wilson's opponent this coming Friday, the twenty third. Uh, it will be band night. It will also be the green out for mental health awareness. And I believe we're welcoming WEU for the first time this year. Right. So a uh, big game this Friday night against Cedar Crest. Uh, according to the Wilson Stats book, it will be the 64th meeting between Wilson and Cedar Crest. And the Bulldogs hold a, a slight lead in the series with 56 wins, six losses, and one tie. And Wilson has won the last 18 against Cedar Crest. Obviously, last win was just last year. Down in Lebanon, 49-24. to And again, that was uh, one of the uh, Cam breakout games with the punt returns and the kickoff return. He had a great, great night uh, down in Lebanon. The last Cedar Crest win is one that Justin and I are familiar with. It was on September 21st, 2001 at Gursky, where Cedar Crest shut out the Bulldogs 21-0. That was uh, Justin's senior year. That was my junior season on the team. And it also ended our, I, I want to say, seven-year undefeated streak at Gursky. We hadn't lost the game. Wilson hadn't lost the game at home. And I think uh, I was just telling us that that was a Cedar Crest team that had like Brandon Karish and J- Jaron Haynes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jaron Hayes. Yeah. So uh, it was a good team, but that was Cedar Crest's last win, believe it or not, uh, twenty-one years ago. Um, Hopefully, I hope that continues. That yeah. yeah, let's not let's not change. So R- Rob Dassin in his ninth season is the Cedar Crest head coach. Last year they were five and four. Uh, so far this year they're off to a two and two start. They did start two and zero. Oh. They beat Abraham Lincoln at home in week one, 21 to twelve. They also beat CD East Central Dolphin East at home in week two, twenty nine to twenty two. Before losing in week three, also at home to Warwick. 20 to 26 and just last week in the the biggest game of the week for my fearless Friday forecast predictions Cedar Crest lost in Millersville at Penn Manor 14 to 9 and only Mike Drago and myself picked that one everyone else was on uh on Cedar Crest and I went with Penn Manor and Penn Manor um I guess technically sort of upset Cedar Crest it, then it I, it probably would be a concerning upset but I doesn't surprise me that you went with Penn Manor because we've talked a number of times about how they they had a lot of young guys last year, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, interesting. Big win for Penn Manor. Well, and Cedar Crest, I know Cedar Crest had some 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 guys back. Um, they had uh, Abreu and Gonzalez at running back, uh, a couple of receivers in Groff and Heisey, and Jay Huber, their quarterback, yep. was back. So you like to have that. And he back. could sling it. He uh, was slinging around. A, a few linemen, one of them um, Lambros. Uh, and I know they had a big uh, defensive end, 
and another offensive and defensive lineman. The names are escaping me at the moment, but the biggest loss was Aiden Richards. They had a four-year starter at running back so, linebacker and I, I who remember, took over the game right, last year until rem- he got hurt. I remember going into that game, and like he'd already made a name for himself well before that Wilson game last year. But you go in, and you're like, all right, well, like, how's this going to go? Because like, that Wilson team had started to find themselves, you know, like they had, they started to find their identity um, at that point. And man, he was, a, I, I say one man wrecking crew, not like in a negative way, but man, he was, he was a one man show. He, he did everything. He did. I think he returned a fumble for a touchdown he last did. year. Um, yeah. Right. It, unfortunately, he got knocked out of the game. Yeah, he had a wacky night and, because at first his jersey ripped, so like he wasn't right, wearing the right, right number, a different number, and then he got injured and and missed yeah. the I think most of the third and, and all the and fourth Wilson quarter. was up, but it wasn't like he was keeping them in the game. Right, the game wasn't like put away, and then when he was out, that kind of they just didn't have enough at that point. But like you left that game was like, yeah, he's a real deal. Like yeah, he, he was, he was a phenomenal player, yeah. phenomenal player. Um, so that is a big loss, but like you said, they, they bring back a lot. Anytime you bring back the quarterback, that that's an, a huge advantage. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what they can bring on, on Friday night. Yeah. Again, that'll be at Gursky a lot going on. So make sure you're there early to uh, support the initiatives for mental health awareness for band night, which may mean that the pregame they'll do the senior band um honorees i know they do they don't do that the same night as senior night with the cheerleaders trainers and players so i believe this might be the night that the band will be honoring their seniors so um be there to support them and yeah back at gursky you know we're in that part well the pattern this year set up nicely home away rotate all the way through all 10 weeks home away home away home away all the way down through but also we're in the midst of that we don't have to leave berks county after we got back from harrisburg for the central dolphin game we're in berks county until october 14th when we go to millersville to play penn manor so enjoy this little uh travel respite that we're in you know only having to go to reading last week back at gursky this week for cedar crest and then to mifflin the following saturday uh, before returning home for the huge one against Hempfield on October 7th. so That's going to be a big one. B- big games in the pipeline, um, but 1-0 mentality right now. Yeah, it, it only stays a big one if we handle right, our yeah. business each week. Those so. big games in the future become a lot less important if you drop a game to to Cedarcrest here this week. Right. Um, they're, they're, the, the team is getting better. They're building. Let's keep it rolling. Right. Don't, don't succumb to a team that many people would deem has less talent and, and don't have the aspirations to go as far as you do. So stay focused, concentrate, and let's get this win. Yeah. We mentioned it earlier. Um, the, the one thing would have been having maybe a little bit more fiery start on, on Friday night. Um, again, it's easy to say that Reading was doing everything they could to stop that from happening. Um, but be ready to go from from that first opening kickoff and uh, bring it in that first quarter for four quarters. And, you know, I'm confident that our guys will, will handle their business. I know if the outcome Friday night would have been different, you know, that first quarter would have been way more important in the yeah. long run. Right. But honestly, I give a lot of credit to Redding with the the energy that they, they came. Not that Wilson wasn't energetic. Like it. I always always feel like I'm belittling, you know, the team, but I just Reading had so much energy and momentum. And we saw that five years ago. You mentioned that um, before the game Friday when Wilson Reading ended up being a scrimmage in 2017. And I kind of picked up at the last minute, I believe it wasn't originally scheduled. And Wilson went to Reading and Reading dominated the most of that scrimmage. Right. And, you know, it was. Right. It felt eye-opening. But, right. you know, I know, well, it's just a scrimmage. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. It does not matter. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, at that scrimmage, it felt like they were ready to go. Like, they wanted to show what they could do. And our guys were kind of like, yeah, it's a scrimmage, which it was. It was. But you just got to worry because sometimes it's hard to flip that switch then. You know, like, um, and again, I didn't get that sense on Friday night, our guys were ready to go. Mm-hmm. It just so was Reading at the start of the game. Right. It's just over the course of a full game, it, it played itself out. That energy and momentum is hard to sustain. 
Right. And, and well, and then and then when you know when you have mishaps, whether it's a return punt or a blocked punt or things like that, all of a sudden it just starts to. Wilson was there to capitalize, and, and right. that's what you that's what you need to do. Minimize your mistakes, capitalize on the other guy's mistakes, and you'll find yourself in a good spot. Absolutely. So, and Wilson is definitely sitting at a good spot at three and one after four weeks. Game five, Friday night, Gursky Stadium. I'll need to start peeking at the power ratings and getting my Excel sheet up updated so that soon we can start calculating some things. I honestly I haven't checked the D3 website. They probably have theirs oh, up. I I, I um, would be stunned if they weren't up. But there. but again, you, you can't use their site to calculate what happens no. if this happens. And that's what I want to do with with my Excel file. So I got to spend some time Just updating. Just imagine that. how many hits that would get if they had a like a way to a enter. Way. Even if it was like starting in October. Right, and you and you had to like you went through and you just collect. Yeah, basically after five weeks, like when right. five weeks of games have been played, like right. the Monday leading up to Game Six for everyone, yeah. you could go in and enter all the results right. you, and you see pick what... each game and like play out all the scenarios. Like, I know that would be a massive undertaking, but like that would be so cool. <laughs> that it would be super cool. It would be very fun if they were to do that. Um, I know you said you've had students say, why do you talk about other teams at the beginning of the show? We didn't do that this week, so we can do it here at the end. Um, Cumberland Valley still undefeated, looking pretty good. Um, Uh, Huge game on Saturday. Huge game at Harrisburg. At Harrisburg, yeah. So uh, definitely prepare to hear about that one Friday, or excuse me, Saturday night when we have our our next show. Um, Me and host TBD. Definitely going to bring up what happens with Cumberland Valley and Harrisburg. Manheim Township got the win at Springford, yeah. so they continue right. to uh, play really well. Their only loss, I believe, is to Cumberland Valley in week one. In week one, and right. it was a close game. Yeah. Central Dolphin got the win. Yep. Uh, they beat Carlisle, who yep. Carlisle earlier um, manhandled Mifflin in week two, and uh, Carlisle looks to have a pretty solid team this year. And Central yeah. Dolphin uh, was able to get the better of them, forty-two uh, yeah. thirty-five. Right. So that that. Um, Hemfield got a big win over McCaskey as the LL, the Section 1 teams playing each other. We mentioned um, Penn Manor beat Cedarcrest. So I'm trying to think of any others of note. I don't know much about the York teams from this past week. I don't know what happened with Central York or York William Penn. I believe they both won. And York, the quarterback. No, York, yes, York beat Northeastern. York, Northeastern, which okay. is not a stronghold for football. But their quarterback was yes. on Sports Center yes. top ten. I yes. believe he was like number three or something. Yeah. With a behind the back pass yeah. that not only did he complete that, but the receiver jumped over and caught it in front of the defender. Right. So right. you had the behind the back aspect. You had it the was, jump to catch. Right. It, yeah. I mean, it was on Sports Center top ten for a reason. It was yeah. very interesting. And, hey, we've been we've been saying this since we played them last year, or honestly, since we previewed them last year. Yeah. Their quarterback and running back are both back, legit, and they were both going to be back for this year. Right. And so yeah. So don't don't snooze on York in that <laughs> that York Central York meeting at some point could be really interesting. and honestly it's it's not the end of the year i i always you know it's nice when the schedulers make big games like that like wilson township has worked right. its way to week 10 you would think central york york should be week 10 but i don't think it is i want to say it's like week seven okay so uh it's on the horizon yeah. it's coming up in, in a few weeks but so that's a quick trick trip around um d36a again we'll talk about um, those games again next week. And a reminder, I will be back on Saturday evening next week, 830, um, with a um, temporary replacement host. I don't know, maybe if they're good, we can kick Justin to the curb. Hey. I know that that's what most people are messaging me. They're not usually thanking me for the pictures. They're saying, when are you getting rid of that raffle? Well, you're guy? just working me out. I'm, I'm off camera, off to the side. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Like, yeah, that's not slowly, by design. The camera, slowly. the camera was, it, if you count one frozen frame of you as working, then it was working, but I don't, for some reason it's not. So, um, yeah, we're, we just we just rolled without like, Justin on camera tonight. It's fine. Yeah, next week I'll be on the other complete other side of the room. No, next week you won't even be oh, you're here. You're right. So you're right. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> two weeks from now. Yeah, two weeks yeah. from now. And Tom, there's just a chair on the front porch. <laughs> two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, we'll be recapping the Mifflin game. So, better met no technical difficulties that night. I'm ready to and talk. That about show is that not one. on a Saturday. <laughs> no, that is not. That show will be on a Sunday. 
Um, that's where we belong, unlike the game, <laughs> which is on Saturday and not where it belongs. So, yeah, but uh, that's a whole thing. We've been there, done that, but we're done. So, anything else to add, Justin? No. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, this was episode 10 of our eighth season here on the Bulldog Hour. We appreciate everyone's support and viewership. And uh, again, we didn't mention it much this week, but um, like and subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, anywhere that we broadcast or have an account. Uh, please go and follow us there. Again, lots of information on there, not just about the show, but about the program in general. And I'm always posting pictures and, you know, flashbacks and all that kind of stuff. So um, please go and follow and find us wherever you can. And please do subscribe and even rate and review if you find us and listen to this as an audio only podcast on um, Apple or Google. Um, yeah. And if you'd like to hear us or see us anywhere else, let us know. But I think we got it all covered. So uh, for Justin Rathoff, I'm Joe Mays. Until next time, remember... Go, Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.